If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello once again. This is Heather. This is Vacation Rental Success. This is episode number 74. And the weather report from Ontario, the snow is all gone. It's been pretty cold the past uh, few nights. But spring is definitely in the air. Uh, we're loading up the RV ready for a trip out to Ottawa next next weekend. I have a number of new properties to go and see. Uh, these are owners who are thinking of uh, putting their properties with our rental management agency. So quite excited about that. I've uh, probably got uh, two or three to go and see in Quebec. And then I'll head south of Ottawa down to the St. Lawrence uh, River, where I'm going to uh, view a, a really nice property down there. I'm going to visit some of my owners that have been with us a little while. and I haven't seen them for a year or so. So uh, just go and check on the properties, take some more photographs, make sure everything is uh, up to standard for this uh, for this new year, uh, for this new season. And talking about the season, it, I don't know if it's something to do with the really, really cold winter we had. I mean, I don't think here in Ontario we didn't have a massive amount of snow, but the win- and the winter didn't really start until early February. It's just that February was a long, long, cold, cold month, and it went right on into March and now April. But it looks as though um, summer is on its way. It certainly does by the state of our bookings. We are way up this year on uh, previous years. So as I say, I'm guessing that people have um, just had enough of the winter and are wanting to get out into the uh, into summer planning. One thing I've noticed this year that as in every single year since I've been in this uh, rental business here in Ontario, expectations are continuing to to rise and and guests quite naturally are are wanting more and more in the way of facilities and features and way way back when when I say way way back probably about um, you know, 10 11 years ago when we started in the agency business it was quite usual to go and view properties and and they were basic. I mean, really, really basic. And the majority of them did have running water and indoor toilets. But that was probably about it. And and these properties were being were being rented. And you know, I look back with some sort of horror when I think about what was out there at that time. And and it was th- things like. The worst beds you could ever imagine with mattresses that had probably been in the property for 30 or 40 years or ever since the property was built. And they were probably grandma's cast offs at that time. And and it it all ties in with the with the concept of cottage rental in Ontario at that time. It really was, you know, go off to the countryside, enjoy the water 
and you've got a roof over your head and just be just feel lucky and thankful for that. Fortunately, in I would say 90% of the properties I see now, the the owners have uh, are, are appreciating that that things have changed and that we're dealing with a tourism and travel market now and that they need to be hospitable but uh, sadly there are a few and uh, and I actually I've turned down a couple of properties this week and won't even go and look at them because I've seen uh, I've seen photographs and uh, yeah uh, they leave a lot to be desired Spring is also time of year here where cottages go on the market. They start to get listed for sale. People are out there looking for uh, either properties for their families, but more so, and I mentioned this before, more so as an investment so that they can use them on occasion, but not keep them empty anymore. They want to rent them out to create that additional income that uh, that it is is definitely out there certainly in the uh, in the high season in July and August here and and of course I have my two properties uh, up for sale and my guest today is going to talk about how to uh, how to value and market a vacation home that has rental history because as you'll hear me talk with him it's really tough to find a realtor who is willing to put a price on a property that takes into account that rental history. They really don't know the business. They don't know the industry. All they are thinking of is their buyers who are coming out to buy a vacation home and they're not seeing them as investors. So it's been a little bit tough for for us at the outset here, trying to get this value on our properties and also to market it correctly. But after I've talked, after I talked to um, my guest today, Rick Oster, I have a completely new perception, new perspective on selling my homes. So if if you are, and in fact anybody who owns a vacation home may think about selling it at uh, at some time in the future. And also, you may be out there looking for another home to buy. So the information that Rick's providing is going to be equally useful to you when you're evaluating the investment potential in a vacation rental home. So without further ado, let's move on over and talk to Rick Oster, a vacation home owner, and as he tells me, sort of a a real estate hobbyist. Well, I'm really excited to have with me today Rick Oster, who hails from New Orleans, and he is the owner of OsterGolfHouses.com, and it's a really interesting story about uh, about these vacation rentals. So we're going to explore that with Rick, as well as talking about the whole idea of selling a vacation home, because a lot of people have been talking to me about that recently and asking questions. And Rick has this expertise that I have found and he's going to share it with us. So welcome, Rick. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Heather. It's really a pleasure to to participate because I enjoy reading and listening to your blog post. And uh, I'm really honored to be here with you today. 
Well, it's so exciting to 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 actually talk to you because um, you and I are both members of Matt Landau's Inner Circle. So we get in there and we discuss all sorts of things and comment and we've met so many people online. So it's, it's always a pleasure, isn't it, to actually um, connect by, by voice, if, if not face to face. It is. It's wonderful. And that's one of the things I enjoy about the Inner Circle is meeting people from all over the world and professionals and experts like yourself. So this, it's a lot of fun. So, Rick, tell me a little bit about uh, about yourself. What got you started in, in the vacation rental business and how Oster Golf Houses came about? Sure. I was in the corporate world for 20 years and consistently dreamt of how to get out and uh, pursue a passion that I have for real estate. And over the years, I dabble in, in different types of investments on the side and uh, as a corporate executive, I was fortunate to travel and entertain guests at uh, some nice places. And one of those places was Bandon Dunes Golf Resort in Oregon. And the company would rent their cottages for our employees and our guests. And they cost $1,600 per night. And they housed four people. And... I looked around, fell in love with the place, number one, Bandon Dunes Golf Resort, and looked around at the location and the land available nearby and, and thought, wow, I can build a cottage probably twice as big and charge half as much and have a business. So I took the risk and purchased land and built uh, a unique home specifically designed for the purpose. And that's what really separated uh, what I do from most vacation rental owners who take a residential home and turn it into a rental, where I build the homes specifically for guys on a golf trip or couples on a golf trip with four master suites. I put two queen-size beds in each room. So the home has eight queen-size beds. Each master suite has an attached bath. And then I just make it a pleasurable place to hang out with a pool table, large plasma TV, stainless steel grills, and just make it a, a great area for people to come together and, and have camaraderie and, and be together under one roof. It, it just sounds such a great idea. I was totally intrigued when I, when I looked at, uh, at the site and read the, uh, read the story and the background to this because you don't as you say you don't often come across owners who have custom built their homes particularly suited to or, or suited to a particular market you've you've just found a niche that uh, that I hadn't seen before so um how many properties do you have now I just completed my fourth home and I have the one in Bandon Oregon at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort and then I took the concept to another location and I did that by searching for some of the right parameters that I was looking for, one of them being a limited amount of competition, but also a very attractive location. And I found that in the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail in Alabama. And folks come from all over the country and, and even out of the country to play their golf trail. And so now I have three homes at different spots on their golf trail. And uh, so, yeah, those are 
going well. And, you know, I'm only one person that owns the company. And so the banks allow me to proceed slowly and cautiously. Um, and that's why the valuation technique that I've adopted comes in handy because it allows me to create a new home to build the equity in it quickly and then also use that equity to allow me to build another home. So that's the plan is to keep uh, building these one at a time. And as, as they prove themselves financially, the bank will allow me to continue building. That sounds just a, a great strategy. Yeah, well, I want to come on to the valuation uh, in a moment, but before we do, so um, how are you marketing these uh, these properties? Because I, I would I would imagine that in that golf niche, there's the specific marketing you do. You know, I'm working my way toward that. Uh, I've really been focused on the plan that Matt Landau recommends in the Inner Circle, and you know that is is upgrading my listings on the listing sites. So I take advantage of that through Home Away, and as much as I think, like many owners, I have a love hate relationship with those listing sites. They do generate an awful lot of, of business for me. Then I've uh, recently upgraded and, and built my own private website for OsterGolfHouses.com. And part of doing that, I got professional photographs taken. Uh, and so now my next move is to start a newsletter, get into the email marketing, and uh, you know, keep continuously expanding and improving my marketing efforts. On the golf side of things... Uh, my first and, and most successful strategy was to partner with folks that are already uh, golf packagers and uh, have a relationship with them where they are an agent or a, a sales booking agent for me and I pay them a percentage because they're already doing a great job of marketing the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail and I didn't want to have to go out and reinvent the wheel. I just piggyback on their efforts. So that's been successful as well. If you just Google the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail, there are a number of packagers that offer uh, services for the trail, and I've partnered with them. As well as the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail themselves, they have a large reservations department, and they've embraced my strategy and actually helped me book my homes. So um, what what occupancy do you get? Is um, So... Now, I'm I'm not that um, clued up on Oregon and and the the weather in that uh, you know whether it's a you know, seasonal or, or year round. But I w- I would imagine there's, there's a Birmingham area you have a more more of a year round um, occupancy. Slightly more, yes, but the golf niche is seasonal uh, because of the fact that probably ninety percent of my guests are guys on a golf trip with their buddies. And so you find uh, most guys do not get the pass from the wife to go on a golf trip with their buddies around Christmas. So uh, <laughs> the, the winter time is usually a little slower. And then for some reason, the month of uh, June tends to be slow, I think, with families, with children graduating from school and uh, other holidays that keep them close to home. So I make my money really in about seven months, and uh, I'm constantly thinking of ways to attract visitors in those uh, off off season months. Mhm. And what about you know when I'm thinking about guys on a on a golf trip um and I'm thinking self catering do they do they do that or do you do you also provide a catering um catering options for them as well? That you're absolutely right. I uh 
one of the ways I distinguish myself is to offer concierge services and having a private chef. Uh, that's a service that we make available at each of our homes. And I've partnered with local catering companies or sometimes individuals that will come in and prepare the meals for the guys. And of course, they love that after a long day on the course. And also personal grocery shopping where they can email me their list of things that they'd like to stock the house with prior to their arrival. And we offer that service, uh, laundry or extra maid service. Just try to really make it as, as painless as I can for them uh, and allow them to have fun and focus on their good time with their friends. It's a niche that, uh, that you st- I haven't seen this before, so I'm, I'm guessing you're, you're commanding it at the moment. What's your plans in the future for, for more properties? Yeah, you know, I, I struggle with the, not so much the vision, but the execution of the future because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm married with three children under the age of 12 and I enjoy having time to spend with them. So it's, you know, how big do I want to get? And I, I've gotten comfortable with the slow growth method that I'm implementing right now, where about every 12 to 18 months, I'll build another home. But what led me to the valuation technique using the pro forma that we'll talk about later is the thought of attracting investors into my company, which would facilitate much faster growth. And that would be another strategy of getting uh, either putting together a fund of investors or to get one or two partners per home and allow them to uh, benefit from my growth that way. And, And either one of those strategies would allow me to build homes much more quickly and to, you know, achieve uh, a much better market share than I currently have. So, uh, you know, there are pros and cons of getting investors. And I guess, you know, it's part of my personality is that I enjoy uh, doing what I do when I want to do it and controlling everything myself. So that's kind of the uh, strategy I've settled into. But I'm constantly thinking of uh, people that I would like to partner with. Uh, certainly a lot of my guests express interest in that because they enjoy the experience I provide. And they say, wow, Rick, if, if you ever, you know, are looking for investors, I'd like to be a part of that. So that's an option. But so far, I haven't taken advantage of that. Well, I look forward to seeing how, how that, uh, that, that goes for you. But let's, uh, let's get on to this, uh, this valuation. And, and as I said, when we had, had a brief discussion before we started recording this, that, uh, that I do have a self-interest here because <laughs> there was a question asked on the, uh, on the inner circle about selling vacation homes. And I'm in there as well. You know, I saw that question. I thought, yes, I need to hear the answer to this because as my listeners know, I'm current, I currently have my two vacation properties here in Ontario up for sale because we've just bought some property, uh, just bought some land in the Bahamas that we want. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we're going to build a vacation home there, but clearly I need the, um, I need to sell the two I've already got in right. order to finance that. And the, the, the issue that I've, I've come across is when I've, I really don't have much intention of using a, a realtor to help sell my properties, but I've talked to a couple about valuation and they've all said, you know, well, you can't take the, the vacation rental income 
into account. We you just need to value it um, as a as a comparable with uh, with other properties that have been sold in the area uh, in the past um, year or so. And I've said, well, the, these properties to get you know combined, they bring an income of around seventy to eighty thousand gross, um, and maybe let's say forty. 4550 um net um this has to be taken into account so so that's why i was really excited when i saw what what uh, what you um, the, the answer that you gave um so let's dive in to this this uh, selling a vacation home and how somebody should go about it well it's it's a great topic heather and i appreciate you diving in with me on it because i I struggled with the exact same issue, and I suspect most people trying to sell a vacation rental home also struggle because you're exactly right. The industry, the real estate professionals, the real estate agents, the appraisers, uh, the brokers, and, and the bankers struggle like we do with trying to put us into the right category, and that hurts us in many different ways when it comes to insurance and financing and buying and selling. So I would love for us as an industry to gather around and get behind one methodology. And if it's the methodology that I came up with, that would be great. But I'm not married to it. Uh, I'm just glad we're having a conversation about it. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I don't have any real estate licenses. I'm a student of real estate. I, I love it. Uh, I enjoy reading about it. And I really stumbled upon this out of necessity, like found myself in the same situation that you're now finding yourself. Uh, but to back up for a moment, I'll tell you specifically, specifically about the valuation technique. And I started from a different place with the pro forma was back to looking for the possibility of getting investors. So I asked myself, how do investors like to see the information provided to them? And if, if an investor is looking to buy a property, a commercial real estate, an income property, how do they go about analyzing that and comparing the different properties? And that led me to the pro forma. And it's a quick way for an investor to compare the validity of different investment properties. So that's how that uh, led me down that road. But essentially, it's just a snapshot. The pro forma is a snapshot of income and expenses in the future. So I think it's critically important that we talk about our homes in those terms. Our homes are not residential homes. They are an investment, an income-producing property. So that's how they should be marketed, and that's how we should refer to them. And obviously, it's upon us to educate all of those real estate professionals that really don't know what to do with us. So that's how I got to where I am and and, uh, looking at it from those terms. And again, it's I'm not a commercial real estate professional, but I'm very passionate about my business model and yours, Heather, and every other vacation rental owner who takes it seriously and has put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get the income up 
and have it become consistent. And like you mentioned, you have guests that come frequently. Uh, they love the experience you provide. And there's tremendous value in that. I mean, you know from having built that business how uh, time-consuming and hard it is really to do. And you need to take advantage of that and be rewarded for that. And I think every other owner does as well. So how do we um, go about so, – so let's say here I am, I have um, a property – and and I'd like to sell it, and I'm I want to appeal to these investors. So how do I go about putting the value on the property? This is the price that I'm going to ask. I mean, I, I know we can then get into the pro forma, and that's how we justify right. the price. But wh- how do we get to that price in the first place? The commodity or the common currency used in pricing in the commercial real estate world is capitalization rate. And it's commonly referred to as a cap rate. And the definition of it is the ratio of your net operating income to the property asset value, which really doesn't help people understand what it means. So the the easiest way to explain it is if you imagined buying something, let's in this case, a vacation rental home, and you paid cash for it, what ratio to that money does the net operating income represent? For instance, if I buy a home that simplified things for $100,000 and the net operating income is $10,000, that's 10% of the purchase price or that's a 10% return on the purchase price. So the cap rate would be 10%. So an investor can say, okay, wow, if you know, in today's economic world, if I take my money and I put it in a CD in a bank and I get maybe 1% or I can uh, find other type of investments that give me a 5% return on my money, whatever it may be, this is how we can think of your vacation rental property and say, okay, I have a cap rate of 10%. So uh, that's a way of, of just making the the playing field level from an analysis perspective um, to make a valuation on your home. Can I, can I backtrack a bit to this, sure. this property asset value? So let's say you brought a home 10 years ago. Say, let's say that $100,000 um, property was bought 10 years ago at $100,000. Right. So, but you're looking to sell it now. Do you use that 100000 or No. So your income may or may not grow every year. Um, but you should have a history of your net operating income. Mm-hmm. And one key factor, and also, Heather, before we you know get too into the details and nitty-gritty, I would suggest that everyone Google cap rate, commercial real estate cap rate, and just read about it and, and become familiar with it. And then Google net operating income and read about that and become familiar with how that factors into this. Because once you do that, then you can understand how to use that information to value your your property. But to give you some examples, in your example, let's say you bought that home 10 years ago for $100,000 and it was a very beginning of your business and and you made 10,000 off of it. Well, let's say 
over the course of 10 years, the homes in that area, the residential homes, have gone up in value. It was a roller coaster ride in the last 10 years, and we had a commercial or a real estate and an economic crash in 07, 08. And so the value of your home may have gone down to 75,000, but now the neighborhood is coming back and real estate in, in the area is coming back and, and your neighbor sold their home for 120,000. So the real estate agents are like, wow, Heather, your house now is worth 120,000. Well, little did they know that over those 10 years, you have taken that home, turned it into a vacation rental and built up quite a business. So instead of having $10,000 in net operating income, you now have $20,000 in net operating income. And let's say an investor is looking for a 10% return on his investment. And let's say how you are comfortable with that. And you say, okay, I will price my home at a 10% cap rate. So your $20,000 of net operating income is 10% of what number? It is 10% of $200,000. So now your home has increased its value from an investor's perspective to $200,000. Because if you found a buyer, an investor, who wanted to continue running your business and he felt like a 10% cap rate was acceptable to him, he would gladly pay $200,000 because he knows he's going to make $20,000 of net operating income per year. And he may think he can do a better job of running it than you. So he's looking at growth beyond this year and next. And he's like, wow, you know, I can, I can turn this property into a twenty-five dollars to $30,000 net operating income property. So the real estate agents may tell you, oh, well, Heather, your property's worth $125,000 and expect you to be excited about that. When you know over the last 10 years, you've worked very diligently to grow your net operating income, and now you've actually doubled the value of your home. That really does make sense. And, and you know what I said about you know, justifying? I, I think that's what I was, was, was trying to, to get at when I was looking at pricing my property without the uh, benefit of this information. I was, I was tr trying to pull in some what I was calling goodwill, which was the what I figured the value of the the rental income, which you've put in much better terms as net operating income, um, and I was trying to use that to justify the higher price. But this makes it this, this of course allows you to deliver the numbers to uh, anybody considering investing. Um, and deliver those numbers, which will really make sense to them. And that's where we come to the performer, right? That's right. And another important thing to understand is uh, even the best residential real estate agents, they may have absolutely no idea about what we're discussing right now. It, their license does not require it. It's not in most of the re residential real estate courses. So these terms... And these opportunities you're only going to find in the world of commercial real estate. And that's a different world. So, again, this gray area of where 
to put us? Are we residential? Are we commercial? We really have aspects of both. And, you know, the very first phone call I made once I discovered, okay, great, I have this pro forma. I want to sell my home this way. I started calling commercial real estate brokers and I could not find one to take my home as a listing because their opinion was, well, you're really residential. So we're kind of caught in between. Uh, and like your plan, Heather, you're like, well, I, I really not comfortable listing my home with a residential real estate agent. I totally agree because they're not qualified to sell a home this way. And, you know, it, when I think of my own homes and who might be a prospect to buy them, it's going to be an investor. It, it's not going to be someone looking to move in with their family. It's someone who wants to buy a business. I'm selling a business. I'm not selling a home. Yes, that's that's exactly it. You know, it, it, with my properties, I I don't, really don't want somebody coming along and saying, I I I just want this as a vacation home. Um, we're going to use it throughout the summer. Um, that that that's not the type of buyer uh, I think any of us would be looking for. That's uh, right. So um, so so yes, I, I, I th this approach certainly uh, certainly makes it you know makes it a lot clearer for me in in terms of how to present it and then it'll open doors for you to the right buyer because like you said you don't want the family who's only going to use it personally because they will not reward you or give you the proper value you know they they're just not going to appreciate it and, and, and they're unlikely to get the financing for it either that's right exactly uh, so that might bring us to uh, expanding beyond this. Like, let's say one of your listeners is like, oh, this is intriguing. And at some point, I may want to sell my home, uh, but also about financing your home and getting access to the equity that you've built. Um, that's where I was pleasantly, and I do have to say surprised, uh, when just in the last 18 months, I've used this approach and I got three appraisals on, on each of my homes in Alabama at the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail to come in pretty much where I wanted them to come in using this pro forma approach. And the way I did it, Heather, was to reach out to commercial real estate appraisers in each city and just open a conversation, have a discussion with them, introduce them to my pro forma evaluation method, ask what they thought of it. And that dialogue ended up really paving the way for me to get the appraised values that I was looking for. And I don't know, I believe we spoke offline a little bit about my plan and how, you know, I can use this pro forma to get the loans at the valuations that prove that I've built a lot of equity in my homes and that makes the banks much more comfortable in loaning me money to do my next home. So I think that's a strategy that every listener could use. Even if you've just started and you've got only one vacation rental home, if you can convince your bank and appraisers to use this pro forma valuation method, that'll open many more doors for you to continue to expand and maybe buy another home or, or start a home in another location. But the key is to get out and 
Just look for commercial real estate appraisers in your market or in the market where your home is and start having conversations with them. Because what I found is that there aren't that many commercial real estate appraisers that the banks will use in any one market. So if you do your research and you reach out to two, three, four of them, chances are when your bank goes to prepare a loan for you, they will use one of those appraisers that you've already established a relationship with. That is really good strategy. I'd read that in something you'd written. I thought, yes, you're just getting you're getting in there and sort of priming the uh, the appraiser prior to the bank approaching them. You know, and some people may not understand that part of the business, but I would tell you because we are a hybrid animal that they don't quite know what to do with, they're more open to having conversations about it because it's not like they have the answer and they know exactly how to value it. They really don't. And, you know, I think you'll find that if you just pick up the phone and start calling a real, a commercial real estate broker and ask him how he would value a vacation rental home, talk to a residential agent and talk to a banker and talk to a commercial real estate appraiser. I bet you get four different answers. Useful exercise to do, though, I think. Yeah, I think, it, it, you know, and it's fun, too. When you, <laughs> when you look at your net operating income and you apply a uh, cap rate to it and, you, and then you see the number, you're like, wow, that, that's my home's potential. Oh, and I should mention as well, Heather, that about cap rates, the value and the certain cap rate that is used changes in, in different markets and for different types of commercial investments. So there's something called a triple net uh, investment where you have a, a large national retailer, for instance, and it's one building and they pay all uh, of the expenses that will command a much lower cap rate because there's much less risk. So it seems like the, the more risk inherent in the investment, the higher the cap rate. Okay. So, you know, if a vacation rental home, I was able to sell one of my homes at a 7.5% cap rate. And the way we arrived at that was comparing it to other commercial investments like apartment buildings or office buildings and the amount of risk involved in that and the amount of labor that the owner may have to put into that. So, you know, it, Let's say if we value our home at a, an 8% cap rate, back to our $100,000 example versus an 11% cap rate, I want to get the cap rate as low as possible because that gives me more money. Okay, so that, let's take $10,000. You know, that's 10% that's of $100,000, but $10,000 is 8% of what number? It's a number higher than $100,000. So the lower the cap rate, the higher my value goes up. So that's getting a little more into the nitty gritty of when an, an investor in your market, what are his choices? I know in California, cap rates are much lower than they are in, in New Orleans. Like for maybe an apartment building, you know, they might pay a 4% cap rate where in New Orleans, they will only pay, you know, a seven or 8% cap rate. So you've got to look in your market where the cap rates fall for different types of investments. 
and then see what that does to the value of your home. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. For someone who is um, um, monetarily challenged, it, it's almost easy for me to understand. And you, you did talk about going, um, suggesting that listeners went online. Uh, I've already done that. And I will be putting some links at the bottom of the show notes to, um, to some of the sites I found where, where there's all sorts of calculators available. You know, everything is out there. So, right. you know, if, if, if there's people who are listening who are you know, perhaps got a little bit lost on this, all these things are going to be in the show notes. So you can go and check them out. But, um, but you really are describing it um, very clearly, Rick. And because I always think, you know, if, if it gets through to me, then, <laughs> then it's probably going to get through to many more people as well. No, I can appreciate that, Heather, because I, you know, look, I, I was a complete novice at this. And, you know, the, the knowledge I have, I consider to be very limited and basic, but it's a result of just, you know, the, the passion to, to learn it and Googling it and understanding, but really talking to people, talk to investors, talk to the commercial real estate professionals. And, you know, I asked friends who I met who were big real estate investors, would you mind showing me your favorite pro forma? What type of pro forma do you like to use? And I got, I collected, you know, I had a file of different types of pro formas. And that's how I eventually came up with my very simplistic, template that I use. And you mentioned you'll share that with the listeners. That would be great. But, you know, it's kind of reverse engineering. Go to investors or, or potential uh, buyers of vacation rental homes and ask them how they'd like to see the information and then give it to them that way. But I think it's important that we just all focus on the commercial real estate valuation and get as far away from residential real estate valuations as we can. So you've mentioned this uh, the pro, pro forma a couple of times. Let's let's just go into that and and what it actually what it actually is, what's included in it. Okay. Yeah, it's most often a pro forma shows projected income and projected expenses into the future. So, for instance, I'm looking to sell my home at the Bandon Dunes Golf Resort and so I would start with 2015's projected gross income. And for my vacation rental, it's very simple. It's two lines. It's rental income and, and cleaning fees that I collect. Those are my only two sources of income. And then for ex- then my projected expenses. And uh, those are the normal operating expenses, you know, taxes, insurance, utilities, maintenance, internet, advertising and marketing, repairs, housekeeping, supplies, booking fees. And again, all this information is available by Googling it or looking at the performer that I use. The one item that is not included in operating expenses is your debt service. And that's your mortgage payment. So that makes the numbers look much more appealing. So your net operating income will be much higher than your actual net profit because most people uh, subtract their mortgage payment to figure out, well, how much money am I making this year? You know, my, my profit. Where on a commercial real estate valuation, the pro forma, the debt service, your mortgage payment, comes after net operating income. So you have your net operating income, which is gross income minus your operating expenses, 
equals X. Then your debt service, your mortgage payment, is subtracted from X, and you get your pre-tax cash flow. But in using, in achieving evaluation, you use a net operating income, which does not include your mortgage payment. So that's a real key piece to this puzzle, and it benefits us uh, greatly because, you know, most of us have nice mortgage payments that is really the biggest expense we have or one of the bigger ones in operating a vacation rental home. Okay. So all this, um, so, so you talk about projecting forward. How many, how many years um, are you going to project into the future? I only do five. And uh, a very common way of projecting expenses is to just add, you know, a percentage. So maybe your expenses would imp- increase 3% per year. And if you're proficient with Excel, which I'm really not, you could put that formula in and your expenses would project out, you know, for 5, 10, 15 years with a 3% increase per year. And that's just a random number. However, like you, Heather, you have history. You have 10 years of operating history. So you could be much more accurate in your projections because you've got 10 years of history to look at. Mm-hmm. And for folks who find themselves in that position, which is the best position to be in, I would add, and I will do this preparing my performer to sell my abandoned home because I've got years of history. I put two or three years of history on the performer. So they can see that my expenses and the estimates for income are based on history. And that just makes them much more comfortable with your projections and accepting your projections. Great stuff. Okay. I'm off to the drawing board now. Or off to the <laughs> I'm off to my Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not a very sexy, glamorous world of Excel spreadsheets, but you know, it, if the alternative is to not become familiar with this and then you're stuck really losing tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, that's what it boils down to. If you can invest some time to become proficient with this, you're going to make a lot of money as a result. Well, I think I I was floundering with it, and I think a lot of vacation homeowners do flounder with it because there is really nothing nothing out there to guide them in the best possible way. And when they've got the professionals, the real estate professionals out there, as we said at the beginning, um, telling them that, that there is no value in the rental income they're getting in terms of a real estate valuation. Um, right. I, you know, this, this, this is a bit of, this is a game changer. It definitely is for me. And I just think this information that you've offered here, Rick, is just so valuable. Um, I thank you so much for, for sharing it with me. Oh. And as, yeah, as you said, you this, the, the pro performer that we've been talking about, um, Rick has generously allowed us to um, offer that as a download. Um, we'll, we'll have that on the show notes. Um, so you'll just be able to go and click and download that. So, um, you know, certainly thank you, Rick, for, for letting us, us do that. And I really hope it's going to be helpful for people. I hope so too. I'd, I'd really like to help a, have a groundswell changing of the business and uh, we can do it. You know, we're, we're united in different forums around the world and uh, connected that way. And it's just a matter of starting the conversation. So, and I want to also let you know, Heather, I, again, am a novice at this. I'm, my knowledge is very basic. And if there are people in our communities that 
have commercial real estate experience and licenses and, and can take this concept and improve upon it, I would love to see that happen. Yes, that that would be that would be great if we have certainly if we have any listeners out there who have that commercial real estate um, experience, it would be it would be interesting to hear your take on it. So uh, you know we have a comment section at the end of the show notes, and uh, we'd love to uh, to hear from you. Um, Rick, have you got any other advice to give someone who's planning on selling a vacation? You know, not so much advice. Uh, I'm still floundering with you, Heather, in uh, how to get it accomplished. And I think there's a huge need for a marketplace. And, you know, I have enough on my plate. I'm not going to be the one to do it, but I would love to see uh, a real robust marketplace developed online where we can uh, buy and sell vacation rental homes. That, that would be great. And I, I know up here in Ontario, there's, you know, some of the, some of the, um, our local listing sites have, um, have separate areas where people do uh, advertise their homes for sale because people who are going there are interested in rental. And, and we often find, and I certainly find from my rental agency that, that homes that have been registered with us for, for many years that then sell will come immediately back into our rental program because the people who have bought them have bought them specifically for, uh, for rental purposes. Um, right. But as this industry grows, as it, as it is going to do, I, th- I think, you know, a, a, a big place where people can, um, could advertise their properties would be, uh, would be certainly something that would be welcome universally. Because people, of course, you know, I'm, I'm buying in the Bahamas. We know of, of U.S. buyers who are buying up here in Canada. Canadians are buying in Florida. Um, you know, there's people from all over the world buying properties all over the world. Absolutely. So, so something that was, um, you know, international would be uh, would be great. I mean, I know some you know people that bought properties in Bali and New Zealand, and and they're all based in the U.S. So, so you know, if anyone out there is listening, you know, just get going and get started on that. <laughs> Rick, coming to the uh, to the end of our time here. So, um, it's been an it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you to meet you for the first time. Um, uh, even if it's over Skype, and it would be great to uh, to perhaps uh, get together in uh, New Orleans in October for the well, you know if, if you're going to go to the Vacation Rental Managers Association conference, then we we will definitely meet up there. That would be great. I'd love to uh, get together and have some more fun talking about uh, maybe some topics that are a little more exciting. <laughs> but uh, I I didn't think I'd ever be featured talking about some financial issues, but uh, I'm glad, you know, you find the information useful and interesting. And like I said, I'd I'd love to see it spread. And uh, I firmly believe this is the way our properties should be valued. So hopefully others uh, feel the same way. I I am sure they will. I'm sure we're going to get some feedback from from this. Uh, You know, I, I know there are a number of people that I've talked to recently who've been sort of holding their hands up and saying, how do I do this? And even if this has given them just just a little bit of push to get onto Google and find out, you know, to, to get into to um, some, of, some of the terminology uh, in, right. in commercial real estate and begin to apply it to what we have, then, uh, then I'm sure that is going to be massively helpful too. Well, great. Well, nice meeting you, Heather. You're doing a fantastic job. I love listening to you. 
and uh, be great to get together in New Orleans when you come in October. Thank you so much, Rick. Super information, Rick. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I am looking at evaluating how we're promoting and marketing our properties right now. And, and of course, I'll, I'll be keeping you updated on, on how that's going. Um, we are now fully booked in both properties right the way through June, July, August, and well into September. In fact, Osprey Cottage is fully booked for September as well. So anybody that buys these places already has two uh, two properties that have full occupancy, near enough full occupancy for four months. So that's quite a bonus if you close on a property and then your income starts almost immediately. So it's just a matter of, of marketing it correctly and, uh, and getting it out there to people what a, a cap rate is and talking about the net operating income and perhaps educating investors a little bit more. Now, we did mention uh, Rick's pro forma, and I will be adding that to the show notes as a download. But um, if you're listening to this on the day of um, the day the episode is published, it won't be there today. What um, Rick provided the pro forma very kindly in a um, but in a PDF format, and what we want, to, what we're trying to do is to. Um, adapt it uh, to an Excel format so, and put all the formulas in so that you're able to actually input your own figures and and see what the outcome is. So it's going to be a few days before that is um, is added to the show notes. But if you're if you're listening to this um, a week or two after publication date, then just go to the show notes and you'll find that download. So. Uh, Thank you once again for listening to Vacation Rental Success. You guys are the lifeblood of this podcast. If you were if I wasn't sitting here in my head thinking about the people who are out there on a treadmill, walking the dog, doing the ironing, in their car, commuting, sitting in an aeroplane, listening to this, there would really be no point in, in doing it. And I know you are there because so many of you are sending me emails and asking questions. And I absolutely love that. So once again, as I say every week, my email address is heather at cottageblogger.com. If you've got a question, if you've got an idea for a future episode, if you want to be on Vacation Rental Success, just drop me a line and, um, and we'll get into conversation. I'd love to hear from you. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you once again for taking the time to listen and I will be with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.